Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Russia did not do it. President Trump replays a uh, favorite line about the 2016 campaign. Plus, it gets personal when the deputy attorney general heads to Congress to talk about Russia. And the battle lines are drawn over the president's next Supreme Court pick. This is the State of America tonight. President Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin of the Russian Federation will meet on July 16th in Helsinki, Finland. He took to Twitter to write Russia continues to say they had nothing to do with meddling in our election. No they did. indictments. They, what did you just say? Russia didn't meddle in our elections. Russia meddles in elections all over the world. We have to pick a great one. We have to pick one that's going to be there for 40 years, 45 years. They are going to pass laws prohibiting abortion and dare the Supreme Court to strike them down, and it's not going to happen. This could be a seismic shift in the balance of power. We are going to be a different country sooner rather than later. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. A date and place have been set for President Trump's next big sit-down with Vladimir Putin. Now the only question is, what's on the agenda? Here's a hint from President Trump. Well, I think we'll be talking about Syria. I think we'll be talking about Ukraine. I think we'll be talking about uh, many other subjects, and we'll see what happens. So you never know. You never know about meetings what happens, right? There's at least one agenda item the president does not mention, though, right there, but his national security advisor, John Bolton, does. We did indeed talk about uh, Russian interference in the elections, and I expect it will be a subject of conversation between the two presidents as well. But when Bolton says he expects it to be a subject, is this the subject he's thinking of? Just before the White House formally announced the July 16th meeting, the president tweeted this. Russia continues to say they had nothing to do with meddling in our election. Yes, yes, I know he has said it before, but remember, no one else believes that. The CIA, FBI, NSA, all of the acronyms that stand for the country's intelligence services say Russia interfered in the 2016 election. I can't believe I still need to fact check that. Even the president's most ardent supporters admit this one. You know the assessment from the U.S. intelligence agencies that Russia meddled in the U.S. election. You know the indictments. What did you just say? Russia didn't meddle in our elections. Then why am I reading this from the president of the United States? Russia continues to say they had nothing to do with meddling in our election. You just said very clearly they did. That is a factual statement. Russia does continue to say that. I believe they continue to lie. And I think that that's uh, part of the game that the president plays with foreign leaders. It is true that Russia continues to say that. But why is the president of the United States repeating a false talking point put out by the Russian government? Seriously, why? Especially when he won't take the word from other nations, like he won't accept that Canada isn't a national security threat to the United States, which is the basis for which the tariffs um, for, for the tariffs that the president slapped on the U.S. ally recently. Anyway, speaking of wondering who you should believe, 
the Russian, the Russia investigation jumped back into the headlines today in a big way because the man Robert Mueller reports to, Rod Rosenstein, and FBI Director Christopher Wray, they faced the definition of a grilling on Capitol Hill. The focus now, the ongoing effort by some Republicans to get access to what they say are key documents related to how the FBI started the Russia investigation. The Justice Department already provided one round of documents. We've talked about that. And they also said today, in all, they've handed over 880,000 documents and have 100 people working specifically on the request. But lawmakers say it's not enough. We have a team of folks. They're Trump appeasers and career folks, and they're doing their best to produce these documents. Director, I explained to you the process. He's got hundreds of people working around the clock trying to satisfy these requests. So whether you vote or not is not going to affect it. You're going to get everything that's relevant that we can find and produce to you. But Republicans are nowhere close to being appeased, now accusing the Trump-appointed deputy attorney general right there of stonewalling. So your statement that I'm personally keeping information from you, trying to conceal information... You're the boss, Mr. Rosenstein. That's correct. And my job is to make sure that we respond to your concerns. We have, sir. Now, I've appointed Mr. Lausch, who is managing that production... And my understanding is it's actually going very well, sir. So I appreciate your concerns. Again, I think the House of Representatives is going to say otherwise. But your use of this to attack me personally is deeply wrong. But I don't want to lose the forest for the trees here. They are requesting documents, and Rosenstein says he's working on handing them over. But we have no idea what they are looking for. And Rosenstein, the only person who knows what the special counsel is up to, continues to say that Mueller's investigation is legitimate and moving along as fast as it should. So there is that. And in no attempt to mend that relationship between Congress and Rosenstein, the House passed a resolution demanding the Justice Department fully comply with their document request or else. Republicans threatened that they could hold Rosenstein in contempt of Congress or move to impeach. Well, impeach Rosenstein, that is. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. The response to all this? These hallways are absolutely on fire. Democrats in particular uh, going after the Republicans for what they believe uh, is all an effort to undermine the Justice Department. Republicans saying that they are just not buying anything that Rod Rosenstein is saying, no matter what uh, him and Director Ray are saying about the number of documents uh, that have been turned over. They say that is simply not enough. So from one battle on Capitol Hill to what is definitely, likely, very much, absolutely quickly becoming a bare-knuckle fistfight on Capitol Hill, that same Capitol Hill, the coming fight over whoever President Trump picks to be the next Supreme Court justice. We have to pick a great one. To 45 years of influence, this one decision impacts a generation of laws in this country, a moment Republicans are eager to celebrate. We were all together having lunch, and it was jubilation. It was uh, applause. It was an opportunity to actually make history once again. And in one area in particular people are focused on now, the landmark Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion in the United States. It's called Roe v. Wade. Retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy was the swing vote protecting abortion rights for years. And now, with him gone, legal watchers say the era of abortion rights may quickly be coming to an end. Roe v. Wade is doomed. It is gone because Donald Trump won the election. You are going to see 20 states pass laws banning abortion outright, just banning abortion, and because they know that there are now going to be five votes on the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Why does Jeffrey Tubin think like that? Well, one reason may be what President Trump said himself 
just days after the election. Will you appoint, are you looking to appoint a justice who wants to overturn Roe v. Wade? Look, here's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to put, I'm pro-life. Uh, the judges will be pro-life. If it ever were overturned, it would go back to the states. So but it would go back to the some states. Some women states. won't be able to get an abortion. No, it'll go back to the states. By state? No, some. Yeah. Well, they'll perhaps have to, go to want... another, they'll have to go to another state. And that's I mean, okay. They, well, we'll see what happens. It's got a long way to go, just so you understand. That has a long, long way to go. Not so long anymore, though. And that's one reason Democrats say they're ready for a fight. This is obviously an enormously, enormously important issue. Everything to do with women's rights, having to do with gay rights, having to do with solidifying the pro-corporate anti-worker wing of the uh, Supreme Court. But big spoiler alert. Democrats, they can be fighting mad, but they are fighting with both hands tied behind their backs on this one. They're in the minority. And that good old filibuster rule that lets the minority potentially clog up the process no longer applies to Supreme Court justices. I'll spare you the details. But shockingly, if you look back, both parties are to blame for this. There's a process and we should go through this process. Uh I was very disappointed the process wasn't adhered to the last time and uh, two wrongs don't make a right. That is correct. Two wrongs do not make a right, but it is likely to end up the very same way. Regardless, Donald Trump cementing his impact on American history with one very critical Supreme Court nomination, and it could very quickly happen. But before any of that happens, the president is in Wisconsin. CNN White House correspondent Boris Sanchez is traveling with the president there. So, Boris, he's on stage. What are we hearing from him? Hey there, Kate. Yeah, just a few moments ago, the president started bashing Democrats, calling out uh, Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters by name. That was really the first time that he veered uh, from his script during this speech, touting his economic agenda and the benefits that it's brought to this state. Uh, he took part in a groundbreaking for a Foxconn facility that he says is going to bring some 13,000 jobs to Wisconsin. Then he sort of winked his eye at some uh, swing states, saying that he was going to recommend similar investment in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Uh, The president did talk about the Supreme Court, though he didn't mention the retirement of Justice Anthony Kennedy or the implications of a pending nomination for a new justice. He simply drew cheers from the crowd, saying that the Supreme Court had handed him some recent wins, obviously alluding uh, to the Supreme Court siding with his administration on his travel ban. Uh, Notably, the president, before taking the stage here, took part in a tour where he was examining some uh, complex robotics, and he was asked by reporters who were there about his upcoming meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin in mid-July. The president said the world has to start getting along, keeping his comments very short there. Uh, If history is any indication, previous encounters that he's had with uh, uh, Vladimir Putin and even his tweet from this morning, it does not appear likely that President Trump is going to confront the Russian leader in a substantial way about Russian election meddling. It appears that he is content with the Russians' explanation that they did not meddle in the 2016 elections, Kate. Yep, there was no context he decided to offer with that tweet this morning or with the statement he gave you guys. Great to see you, Boris. Thank you so much. We're going to continue watching the president. We're going to listen in. There's more news from it. We'll bring it to you. Coming up, make nice with your adversaries and alienate your friends. Is this the new Trump doctrine? Is that what we're going to see at the big sit-down in Helsinki? The panel's next. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.